Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, a very special Fantasy Files edition. Not really all that, you know, special compared to the rest of the series in terms of the topic or the length. It's going to be short and usual. I just got a takeaway like five minutes ago, and I rushed down into my mother's basement where I'm staying just for a little bit. Chill out. Moving to Cincinnati. I'm between leases just for a second. So chill out. Listen. Keep listening. Ran down into my mother's basement to record this because it is honestly maybe my single favorite takeaway of the offseason. So far, has 100% to do with your quarterback draft strategy, and we're going to get right into it because of that. Basically, idea started. I want to do an article looking at how often do great fantasy offenses also have a great fantasy quarterback because there are three examples right now of offenses that have three or more skill position players ranked highly at their position, but a quarterback that is not a QB1. So, When I say ranked highly, I mean a running back being a top 24 ADP, wide receiver, top 24, tight end, top 12. The three teams that, again, have three or more of those types of players, but a quarterback ranked outside the top 12 with the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook, RB2, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, eight, Adam Thielen, wide receiver, 23, Irv Smith, tight end, 12, Kirk Cousins, QB, 19. We have the Atlanta Falcons, Mike Davis, RB, 21, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver, five, Kyle Pitts, tight end, four, Matt Ryan, QB, 17. And finally, we have the Washington football team, Antonio Gibson, RB10, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 12, Logan Thomas, tight end 12, Ryan Fitzpatrick, QB20. Basically, pulled through, downloaded a hell of a lot of excels, did some pivot table bullshit, went back over the past 10 seasons, determined how many offenses with at least three of these performers, or four, or five, who knows? We just have one example of that. How many times did these offenses with all these you know, high-performing skill position players also have a high-performing quarterback? Because this tells us that either Cousins, Ryan, or Fitzpatrick are undervalued, or we're probably too high on some of their auxiliary uh, teammates in the offense. So overall, 85 instances since 2011 of an offense enabling at least three combined high-end running backs, wide receivers, and or tight ends. I mentioned there was one team that had five, five teammates that were top 24 wide receivers, running backs or top 12 tight end. That was the 2013 Denver Broncos. If you have Peyton Manning and you have Peyton Manning going for 55 touchdowns, it's going to be good for everyone. Shout out. Let's see. It was Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. I think Wes Walker got it that year. Julius Thomas. And I believe no Sean Moreno completes that five. Very fun squad to watch overall though. Out of these 85 teams, 55 of them, which is 65% enabled a top 12 scoring quarterback. If we look at the instances of having four high-end skill position players like the Vikings currently fit into, that 65% boosted up to 68%. Only three, which is Washington and the Falcons, Ryan and Fitzpatrick, goes down just a little bit to 63%, 41 of 65 occasions. Now, the interesting part is looking closer at the exceptions. There were 24 exceptions to this rule that having all these high-scoring teammates also enables a high-scoring quarterback. Basically, four of those exceptions quarterbacks got injured. And I know that is one small uh, issue with this study. I'm going by total points, not points per game. Talked about this at length. I do think points per game generally is better. With that said, it's, you know, when we're doing these 10 year studies, it's just kind of hard to necessarily go through every single one. The fantasy points per game gets skewed sometimes too, by guys only playing five snaps, small limitation of the study uh, won't take away from some of our major points. though. basically of the remaining 20 exceptions, we saw a bunch of quarterbacks that while they were able to help their teammates, couldn't put up big numbers themselves, primarily due to the lack of a rushing floor. So Ben Rossberger twice, Matt Shaw, 
Eli Manning, Josh Freeman, Jay Cutler, Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford twice, Derek Carr twice, Sam Bradford, Jameis Winston, Joe Flacco twice, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, most recently Teddy Bridgewater, enabled multiple teammates, weren't able to enable themselves as high-end fantasy quarterbacks. Now, the only two true exceptions where they, you know, bought, they bought out enough for their teammates to play well, but they didn't do enough for themselves to get there despite playing, you know, more than 12 games and despite having a rushing floor, 2016 Alex Smith and 2018 Mitchell Trubisky. I think a lot of us would agree. It makes sense that those two quarterbacks happen to be the exception to this rule. Now, big thing. I realized that another potential limitation of this is I'm taking running backs into account and, you know, like having Derrick Henry doesn't necessarily help Ryan Tannehill's fantasy stock. We want volume at the end of the day. And sometimes those running backs, depending on how they're used might not necessarily indicate a high octane passing attack. So I removed running backs from the equation and this would cancel out both Washington with Gibson and Atlanta and Mike Davis in our, uh, you know, study. So it goes down to only 20, 20 teams have enabled three high end receivers and or tight ends in the same season since 2011. 16 of those units, 80% people include a top 12 quarterback, only the 2017 Minnesota Vikings with Case Keenum and the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers with Ben Rossberger failed to do so and didn't suffer a major injury under center. I believe the other two examples were the 2013 Bears. They had Bennett, Marshall, and Jeffrey, but Jay Cutler only played 10 or 11 games and the 2020 Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Cooper, I believe Michael Gallup must have gotten in there. Maybe Schultz got at the bottom. I believe they had the three wide receivers. So 2020 Cowboys, obviously, with the DAC injury, didn't have the quarterback finish. So with that in mind, people, with moving the running back from the equation, Kirk Cousins is our only applicable quarterback with this trend of, again, 80%. 80% of these quarterbacks have finished top 12 Two of the examples were injury-induced. Two of them were situations where, yeah, didn't have the most uh, rushing upside, which I understand Kirk Cousins doesn't. But again, he's this just tells you he's being priced at his floor, not his ceiling. His ceiling is what has happened 80% of the time. He finishes as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. His floor is where he's being drafted right now as the QB 19. But I'm not even telling you to go all in on Kirk Cousins this year. I'm asking you merely to go all in on Kirk Cousins for the first seven weeks of this season because – if there's one thing we want from our quarterbacks, it is rushing ability. I get that. And I've wanted Trey Lance and Justin Fields and fantasy drafts of all shapes and sizes. I'm very confident once they get the job, they're going to be running enough that they're going to be, you know, borderline elite fantasy quarterbacks from the day they step onto a professional football field. But with Andy Dalton there, we've talked about that in Justin Fields uh, podcast. It's going to be potentially up to seven or eight weeks. You know, I hope it's zero weeks until Fields is under center. Could be seven to eight weeks, if not longer, until Dalton uh, is, uh, you know, hits the curb. And with Trey Lance and the 49ers, Jimmy G, you know, knows the system and is a better quarterback than we usually see the team with the number three overall pick, uh, you know, going out and getting their guy. So it's, you know, anyone's guess a little bit with Trey Lance, how long he's going to be on the bench. It at least seems like it's going to be for a little bit with that in mind, people, the Vikings first seven games before their week eight by the Cincinnati Bengals, the Arizona Cardinals, the Seattle Seahawks, the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, the Carolina Panthers. And if you aren't hyped up enough yet, the Dallas freaking Cowboys, Sign me up. Draft Trey Lance or Justin Fields, and then later, 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 get Kurt freaking Cousins. You're going to have a QB1 for the first seven weeks of the year. Then you'll have the world-beater dual-threat rookie when you actually need him and when he's actually starting for the second half of the year. Seriously, people, I absolutely love this strategy. I've been fairly high on Cousins as it is. I mean, I just think as your QB2, him and Baker Mayfield are falling to a spot in drafts where, yeah, 
I understand not ranking these guys in the top 12, but we've both seen plenty of proven upside from these guys. Cousins was a perennial QB one in Washington when he ran a little bit more, even with the Vikings, even points per game. He's been QB 12, QB 19, and QB 16 since, uh, you know, starting to wear purple in 2018. So Cousins, I, I get why you're not drafting him ahead of uh, some of these guys, and you don't have to. You can just get this upside he possesses in the first half of the season and potentially beyond at a fraction of the cost that it should normally cost to get this guy. So don't think of Kirk Cousins as this guy that, you know, can't ball out. I mean, last year, only Aaron Rodgers had more games with at least three passing scores, that being 12 games, than Cousins, who did that eight separate times. Again, I understand the lack of a rushing floor. I know the Vikings have a run-first offense, but that's the best part about these opponents. Again, Bengals, Cardinals, Seahawks, Browns, Lions, Panthers, Cowboys. Only the Lions and Panthers, I would say, have offenses. Maybe even the Panthers. We'll see what Sam Darnold looks like. So only the Lions, for sure, are not going to have a good offense and also have a bad defense. Like that would be the game where maybe Dalvin cook, you know, just gets 25 carries for 250 yards. Cousins only has to throw the ball 15 times. And we're facing the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Cowboys, and maybe even the Panthers. We can be in a shootout situation with bad defenses on both sides of the ball and all sorts of points being scored. So I know the Browns defense is better this year, but even then we got Baker and company likely putting up points. And if the Browns are the single worst spot in the schedule that I'm trying to hype up, I think we'll be just fine with that. So people, if you haven't, you know, heard what I'm saying, I know I'm excited. I know I talk fast as it is. And in today's podcast, we got the 1.5 two times speed, not helping matters. Just listen to this. If you draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance, take Kirk Cousins. That's the takeaway. Do it. He'll help you out in those borderline erotic first seven games of the year. And then you can go on to having your dual threat goodness after that. So that's going to wrap up this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New episodes out every single day throughout the summer. I just want all of you listeners to win your fantasy leagues because Lord knows I'm trying to win mine. Unfortunately, well, you know, fortunately, I, I like that. The biggest thing in my life is just grinding, uh, you know, football every single day. That is the job after all. But hey, you know, I just love it. So I hope you guys too. Anyway, fantasy football season is here. We are now offering 40% off any PFF subscription to all first-time subscribers with promo code SAVE40. Get access to PFF's fantasy football draft guide, complete with our player rankings and projections, college football preview magazine, first edition of the 2022 NFL draft guide, and all of PFF's launch article content. Again, that's promo code SAVE40 for 40% off any PFF subscription. Get access to all of PFF's fantasy tools for just $5.99. Also be remiss if I didn't mention our friends, our friends over at Fantrax, Fantrax NFL Fantasy Football League Manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature rich platform in the entire industry. PFF is gearing up to play our leagues on Fantrax this season. One of my favorite parts is you get to customize your rules. So you don't want kickers. I don't want kickers. We don't have to have kickers. And if you're coming from another site, that's no problem. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues into their settings. So here's the big part, people. The big takeaway if you've been tuning me out with these ads, listen back right now. Sign up and play now at fantrax.com slash PFF and actually get a chance to win an autographed jersey from none other than Buffalo Bills QB1 Josh Allen. Again, fantrax.com slash PFF. Go get yourself that autographed Josh Allen jersey. Let's go wrap up this edition of PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm going to go to a triple-A baseball game tonight, Columbus Clippers. You know, I've said some mean things about baseball over the years. I used to play myself. Maybe I'm just bitter because once kids started throwing curves, I could no longer hit uh, pitching, you know, as an eighth or ninth grader, whatever the hell that was. But I, I really do think, you know, the more just life tends to speed up and stuff, there is something about a baseball game. It's like there's so little action that – 
this it's it just keeps me occupied enough where i can also not worry about you know my mind racing it's like fishing so i'm it's kind of like a backhanded compliment to baseball like it's just not boring enough for it to be relaxing and kind of enjoyable but yeah that's my nice thing to say about baseball today so anyway thank you all for listening until next time take care everybody 